The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So tonight I want to share with you some reflections um, on um, some teachings that I've been exploring in the, in the past months. And um, I've been uh, exploring um, these teachings, uh, the Book of Eights, um, through daily life and through retreat practice. And um, there, through, and I will give you a context of what, what is this teaching called the Book of Hates, but um, it has inspired me to have a possibility for peace, to have a possibility of um, maybe, um, you know, having a taste of what does it feel like to uh, be at peace in mind and heart, uh, to have a possibility of maybe a, a, a taste of letting go um, or of, you know, letting go of contraction or, or stress. Um, and also it has given me a possibility kind of dreaming what it, will, what it would look like to be able to be loving with no reservations, loving and connected with people that have radically and radically different points of views and opinions from the ones that I have. How, what would that look like? Um, and um, so, yeah, what, what would that look like? So these teachings, these teachings uh, came to mind because I was on retreat uh, at IMS, and, and it was mentioned, and it happened that um, I've been also reading about, about them because uh, Gil published uh, some, some study that he made on, on the Book of Eights in, in his book. I have it here. Uh, the Buddha before Buddhism. Um, so, some key points of of the book is um, first that some of the teachings that that are in in this book of eight is that um, many scholars. Uh, based on, on the evidence, what, what is available right now, think that these are like the earliest teachings of the Buddha. And when I'm saying earliest, I mean um, when the Buddha was like a wandering teacher. You know, like it, during the first period of his teachings, when he, was, when he decided to teach, and, you know, in, in this first period of his teachings, um, they're very simple teachings. In fact, is they're presented as a set of poems uh, in, in a poetic form, and um, they are 
even before they 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 it seems like they um, existed let's say before the canon before all the um, uh, before um, Buddhism was uh, was formed as as a religious system, as you know, having all these numerical lists that we study sometimes, or that you hear um, us talking about, like the four noble truths, or the seven factors of enlightenment, or uh, five aggregates, or you choose your favorite number and you will find a list, right? <laughs> you know, just you know. Um, but these these teachings are not like that. They there are no lists. There's nothing like that. So what what do they present, and how it is that they came to mind that inspired me to look at them by asking that question that I mentioned to you. So um, what they present is a very simple way to um, to be at peace, to have personal peace. So um, some of them, for example, uh, presents a way of being and relating to the teachings by being the behavior that will take you to um, to show equality of being peaceful. So, for example, if you want to be peaceful, um, practice being um, in a way or behave in a way that will cultivate that quality. If you want to be loving, if you want to um, to be loving, um, practice by... Um, loving other people. So you will embody the idea kind of, of, of that ideal that, that you would like to, to see or to receive, right? And then there's one, there is a very basic teaching, but very profound, and is the one that got my attention. And it is the phrase, release is peace. Release is peace. And when it talks about release, it talks about the release from clinging, the release that um, being entangled to, um, to views. And specifically, it talks about religious views. It talks about, um, you know, being, being attached to to, doc, to doctrines, uh, it seems like, um, and, and you see in different, even in the suttas too, that uh, the Buddha presents teachings based on what he saw uh, in terms of the suffering that uh, was present because of different groups debating their ideas in terms of um, religious ideas during, during that time. So, um, so it presents a different perspective of relating to the teachings. 
you know, it presents that perspective of a state of being, and it presents a very simple teaching of um, by releasing clinging, you may have inner peace. Um, and so it also gives us an emphasis, the teaching also gives us an emphasis on, on that letting go. But it doesn't tell us, like, you have to do this to let go. It, it doesn't, again, it doesn't give us a task. So the way in which this came into be part of the practices that I, that I was on retreat in the past um, six weeks and before, before that um, retreat at IRC um, for two weeks with Gail. And, um, and I started noticing af- after being, being at ease for a couple of days, I, I, start, I started noticing the mind um, thinking about the future, you know, thinking about what was going to happen after retreat, right? And as th- that was happening, um, some memories about conversations with people that are in, in my life and, and w- with which I have differences, maybe politically or from a religious perspective or um, just how you know, how we live, there were several disagreements. And so I was like, wow, how, why, this, this is still here. It's still showing up in this retreat. And this has happened, you know, it, well, it, it didn't, I didn't remember for a while that that, that, that event happened like you know two months ago it was like gone and out of the blue of course everything when you sit in the cushion and you have time to just you know relax and settle everything shows up so um i noticed the mind clinging to 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 those memories and then noticing how it was there was starting to be in a, in contra- a contraction in the body and feeling annoyance, and suddenly the event became like that person was next to me, and I was having an argument. It was like I got bothered, I got annoyed, I got angry, and and then conceit showed up too. Conceit about, you know, my views are better than you know, feeling superior than her views. Or, um, you know, at some point feeling like, feeling um, inferior, you know, conceit about, from feeling inferior. Um, or also um, conceit about being equal also showed up. You know, that, that wanting of having equ- equality and fairness and justice and uh, taking a stand to, you know, be equal and fair and all that. So it became a mess. I was exhausted, (laughs) exhausted. 
and, and the body was manifesting it too. So one of the teachers talked about this teaching of the book of AIDS. And I saw it almost like I heard it and I received it as it was almost like a, like someone throw me a, 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 a life jacket and it was like taking me out of the water. And, and I'm like, okay, let me hear this. This is a possibility here. So peace is released. That was, that was the phrase that came to mind. And at the beginning, you know, when I asked that question that I mentioned at the beginning, what it would look like, what would it feel like? There was, there was reactivity, you know, the response, the initial response was, no way. There's no way. But then after being exhausted and, and practically burn, you know, burned out of, of arguing, arguing uh, about ideas and beliefs and, and also hurting, hurting badly because I love this person. And so there was a sense of how it is possible that there can be so much connection and love and at the same time, so much disconnection because a difference in a view. It was, I, I could not come into alignment. I, it, there was like a conflict in terms of integrity of wanted I, uh, how I wanted to be. Um, so I decided during the retreat, I decided, okay, I'm just going to pretend I'm going to pretend that this is possible. And I'm going to uh, remember some of you know, these teachings. And I want to um, read one of the verses. There are two verses that I want to um, read to you. One says... Uh, by thinking about equal, superior, or inferior, one will enter in disputes or moved by these three categories. One won't think about equal or superior. Um, well, there is this one too. Um, questioning based on your own views and confused by your own clinging. You don't perceive the slightest notion of what I say. This is why you see it as foolish. And that part of, you know, while clinging to my view, of course I don't see you. You know, there's no space. There, there is no space. There, there is, there, there is, is, is filled with my words, is, is, is filled with my wanting of, um, of being on top, of having justice, you know? Um, and you know, it, it's kind of, it, it's kind of a, it's debatable, you know, this kind of way of holding 
you know, the teaching for me because at some point I was like, but what is, so what comes first, you know, peace or justice? You know, peace or justice? And what, what is justice? We all have, again, different views about each of these different things, right? Um, so just to finish, you know, how I've been practicing through retreat, on retreat with this, then um, as the mind got tired of holding into views, it started shifting the interest of the mind started shifting into the breath. It started resting on the breath. And as it started, you know, kind of the, the, the entire this the entire system, Bruni started, you know, I started practicing mindfulness of breathing. And as that happened and the body relaxed and the uh, and the mind relaxed then I was able to start receiving any experience that was showing up, any kind of physical sensation, emotion, thoughts, without clinging to it. All my ideas, my views, opinions, they were coming in. Okay, that's okay. Come in. And also, they were other, other type of activities of the mind that also showed up, like memories of other people's views or other experiences or other conversations. Very different, very different experience of receiving that, um, of, of receiving was what was showing up with a mind that had an attitude of wanting versus a mind that was more relaxed, more at ease, and open to receive anything. And, um, and from that, at some point, I was able to meet that suffering. I was able to meet that suffering, and what I, what I mean by that was the hard cracked open it opened there was like tears and tears and tears other times it was like it was all you know no tears but they were other times that they were tears but they there was like no pain in the heart it was almost like a cleansing it was just like tears just cleansing and just meeting love and wisdom. And that was a, a, a moment of peace, a moment in which there was a possibility of tasting that peace, the moment in which, okay, this hurts, and it is how it is. It is, it, it, it is this way at this moment, and at the same time, there is the wisdom to see what is next, then how I'm going to relate, how I'm going to relate to people in, in my life that I disagree with or that um, we have, you know, some moments of, of tension. So it is possible that suffering, wisdom, and love can exist at the same time. 
And it was a beautiful thing for me because that helped me to realize that I could make choices, that I could make choices that I still could be at peace and at ease and also um, making choices in a way that... um, that as one of the teachings of the Buddha, um, that through wisdom or when a, you know, a wise person will choose what benefit oneself, what benefit others, and what benefit everyone. And that and is important, what benefits everyone. So um, release is peace, and um, through looking, you know, looking at, at the suffering without clinging, but, you know, with love and compassion, there may be moments in which we can have little taste of peace. So that was the retreat. Now let's talk about daily life, <laughs> because... And, and, and not to say that the retreat ended at that moment. There was a transition of transforming that retreat in another type of retreat because there's, there's some rippling effects when you go out of retreat. For some of you that have been on retreat, you may have experienced that. So the teaching stayed with me, and I, and I chose... I, made the intention, the aspiration, to continue practicing with it. Um, as I was uh, coming back, you know, integrating. So there are different things that I've been doing and that, that I want to share with you. Um, so first, that idea and concept, and, and let's say, you know, we're, now is you know is is holding lightly this view of letting go of your views so i'm talking about not clinging to views but that doesn't mean that you're going to have some that you're holding them lightly with an open hand in a way that you can share with others and that you can say to others oh okay tell me more or, you know, this, uh, I hear you and um, that's enough for me. So, um, is, you know, is wisdom, is wisdom, love, and being aware of your suffering too, right? Um, so then just being aware, being mindful of the mind and see where, is there any conceit present? And your body will tell you, the body will tell us what, you know, when there's conceit of, I feel, you know, I think I'm better than you. There's like a, you know, the body will, you know, like you feel, you know, puff up and, you know, when she, yeah, tell me more about what you have to say. But, you know, there's always the but. Um, So, or you're just, you know, looking straight forward with kind eyes and showing interest and you know there's a little bit less of that sense of conceit 
Um, no need to take a stand on oneself. So just being, you know, I've been like practicing with just being, just being with the experience, just listening, um, and, and being aware where the, the idea of becoming or of wanting to be something or not becoming, because not becoming would be, you know, holding that also could be holding another, clinging to another view, you know, becoming or not becoming, okay, I want to be or not to be, you know, it becomes a little messy. Um, what else I've been doing? Oh, when the clinging, when a little contraction in the body starts showing up or just a little bit of wanting in the mind that is shown, you know, like I sense it because the body starts moving forward, like into getting something, you know. Um, just through practice, one can notice it. And, and maybe if, if we can see that clinging is starting just with a little effort, but, you know, kind effort, maybe, and, and it's one of the efforts actually under the Eightfold Path, how, how we can prevent, you know, of engaging in behaviors that will, um, that will um, support the clinging of becoming stronger, right? So if I said, oh, okay, wait a minute, okay, yeah, I can, I can have this, but wh where is the cling? When it starts becoming something that maybe will not be to my well, well uh, state of, of mind and, and body, you know, will be something that will be healthy. Um, knowing that it's not easy to let go, you know, that, that is, remember to have compassion and that release is possible as I can. And that many times I just don't notice when it happens. It happens naturally, just like a leaf falling from a tree. And out of the blue, wow, I, I haven't had this clinging like in the past two days. You know, suddenly it's like just happened naturally. And trusting, having those moments of trust and confidence in, in the practice that, yes, letting go of clinging is possible. And that really is not, it's not worth it, as one of the Buddha's teachings say. Um, and the last one, the last thing I want to say in terms of practicing daily life with this teaching is that it is not necessary to have a doctrine. It is not necessary to have, you know, um, a, an ethical, big ethical way of being, you know, not to say that is something that supports our practice, like the precepts. Um, but when it hurts, when it's clinging and it hurts, at some point, if you get burned, if you you know, put your hand on the stove, or if you see a child just going into one of these electric, um, putting the hand in the electric sockets there, um, you will just go and take the hand off, off of it. 
So it is possible when we become aware of those kind of things. It's not necessary to have, you know, like a big doctrine. Um, which means not to cling to our Buddhist, you know, Buddhist teachings too, which may be very uncomfortable, including me. I have felt very uncomfortable. What do you mean? This is what I'm like holding on right now. Um, but that is, that is the teaching. Um, so, is it possible? Is it possible for you? Is it possible to um, be in a state of being that bring you wellness and connection and um, nourish your relationships with those that are not in agreement with how you live or your views or what would that look like? Um, what would it look like for the world at large? So something to reflect on. Um, let me see, where are my glasses? Here. So remembering that intention, remembering the intention of uh, peace and um, maybe also holding lightly uh, non-harming. Non-harming is is part of all is part of of all that. Um, holding holding lightly, also that view that perspective. Um, so that's that's enough. Um, is there's how does that land for you? I think we have a few minutes. If you have any any protests, any questions, anything you want to celebrate or disagree with. Um, Is it green? Oh, there, there we go. Okay. Well, here's where I stumble. Um, I can. I have a, a right wing cousin, uh, and we we disagree on a lot of things. But I can be more equanimous with him, and be more open to him. And um, and look for the look for the areas that we have some common ground, but that cousin doesn't have the power to hurt people by taking away their Medicare or something like that. So I have a harder time taking that that attitude that you're talking about into um, relationship to people who have a lot of power to hurt people and are hurting those people. So that's, that's where I have problems. Yes, yes. And, you, you know, part the, the teaching doesn't say that you will not take action 
when when you think that you know when when you have a sense that is appropriate what is what the way in which for me at least in my experience in the way in which i've been holding this teaching is to remember to have respect when i talk with people that have that i have you know a very different point of view including you know situations in which i think that the situation is unfair and that hurts other people and from that i can choose but i can choose with 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 a mind that is at peace i can choose with a mind that is clear so it's not that i'm not going to you know that i'm going to not take actions you know based in in some things that i may believe and it may sound contradictory but uh, of what i've been saying but saying peace is release i mean release is peace is you know just opening opening being being um being with that view or that perspective that you want to live with or 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 based your actions based your actions on on some of these views in a way that in a way that you feel aligned that that at, that at least for me i feel aligned in 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 having peace in my mind having love uh being kind um the metta sutta even says you know unattached by speculations views and sense desires with a clear vision with a clear vision such a person will never be reborn in the cycles of suffering so that clear vision could be vast and open for the benefit of many and is is challenging is challenging many times yeah Yes, for for me the challenge is holding views without clinging to views. Mm-hmm. And as you mentioned, feeling uh noticing in my body the difference uh, when I'm sharing a, a view or when I'm trying to convert or trying to um project my view on the other person and, and and I think you mentioned also asking a question like well tell me more tell me more why you don't want people to have medicare or whatever it is you know there's there are reasons that people feel the way they do and I think sometimes hearing those reasons can soften my clinging a bit but i'm in kindergarten with it so i'm just you know i'm, <laughs> I'm in kindergarten too along. believe me <laughs> um anyone else is someone else in that day?
Oh, I'm very interested in this, and I'm trying to work on it, too. Ah. Uh, and um, one thing I've started, <laughs> it may take a long time, but I've been trying to do the thing where you have metta for someone, for yourself, for someone you really love, or a little animal you love, then someone you're kind of indifferent to, you don't have strong feelings about, mm-hmm. and then someone you really have trouble with. And I'm trying to go those three people as people in politics. Mm. It's difficult. <laughs> let's just let's not get into names. Um, but uh, I just I feel the same way with you. Uh, I, I have a very strong sense of political. I grew up in a family where being American didn't mean just you live here and you vote. You're responsible for the country. When something's unjust, you have to act. You know, mm. this is what I, was modeled before me as a child. And so uh, the concern with justice or you know, is this the country that we, we say we are, uh, is very important. But I'm not interested. I also have people in my family who have different, we have a different points of view, big range, um, my extended family. Uh, but for me, it's been a big concern how to speak. I guess the biggest thing in my life, I grew up in a liberal community where I remember as a child hearing someone speak in a meeting when I was a kid. It was about racial equality, but the way she was doing it was kind of pushing people away. And it was kind of like, even as a young kid, I understood, um, I agree with her idea, but the way she's expressing the idea isn't bringing people in. So like that's been kind of a koan for me in, in my whole life. How do you mm-hmm. talk about something that you care deeply about so that other people can hear it, you know, so they'll receive it? So that, so now I'm trying to do this thing with Meta. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Okay. You know, you mentioned something very important. Um, it got my attention, and it just reminded me of, of also something else. Um, and it's to listen. You know, you were talking about, you know, how you were hearing this person speaking. And there have been moments for me in which talking about something that you know i feel very strong about and that probably may may have some some kind of big disagreement um and that i cannot hold in conversation um for those moments what i have noticed is that by listening just choosing and this is where the wisdom comes is okay maybe this is not the time to speak you know what is it timely is it useful is it kind is it beneficial listening may be more beneficial and um it just reminds me an example of of someone um with very different political views um and in a conversation that it was not even about that um Something came up, came up, the theme of um, her difficulties in life came up, and that gave me a whole perspective of where she was coming from. And suddenly, it just clicked in my mind. Oh, I see. I understand this person a little bit better. So it's speaking and also listening right? Um, So we have to stop. So let's share the merit. Um, So 
um, may your um, efforts of for being here tonight after a long day and listening to the Dharma in community and um, having aspirations of doing good in the world, may it benefit you and everything you interact with in body, speech, and mind. May it benefit everyone without exception. Yes, without exception. <laughs> may all beings be free. May all beings be happy. May all beings know peace. Thank you so much.